This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we have the great pleasure of being joined by the host of Black and White Christianity. It's a Christian podcast where they tackle the difficult topics and have real discussions about the Word and what it means to carry your cross and follow Jesus. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you this evening? Good. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, go around and introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and maybe even the mission that you're hoping to achieve with your podcast. So uh, my name is Walter Mitchell, and um, me and Tyreek Osborne started this podcast, uh, what would you say, a year or two ago? Yeah, about at, a year at ago, least. Yeah. Um, we uh, added a co-worker from where I work uh, in the trades, uh, Gary, and he's been with us ever since. Uh, I'll let these guys introduce themselves and a little bit about, but what the, the goal is of our podcast is trying to kind of maybe call out some gray areas. Uh, some casualness. Um, we want to get directly to the truth. We want to know exactly what the Bible says and how we can live it out in our day in and day out lives. My name is Tariq Osborne. Uh, like Walter said, we we started the podcast together. Uh, I've been uh, I've known Walter since about 2007. We were in the military together. That's about where our friendship started. I was in like not that great of a place. And uh, he came by and he had the word of God in his hand and he said, he just wanted to talk, you know, and I opened the door up and there he was with the word. He was, I just want to know if I could pray with you. And uh, that moved me so much that like I knew that that was that this was something that God had ordained. There's just no way in, in any other capacity that could have happened. So, you know, we uh, we we forged a friendship from there. And then as time went on, we became uh closer and closer through the word of God and like, and, and just the move that was going on. And then he has his, uh, he has his own YouTube channel, uh, all for Jesus. And then after that, we decided to come together and do a podcast together about the same exact topics that he was just speaking on. And, uh, we, we really just wanted to be an insight for other believers to spur other believers on to to do their own research in scripture to like uh, know what to look out for and what to avoid when you go into churches and different things like that and uh, be be that example that most people don't get to see um, in a in a church and or in a Christian setting and, and uh, try to demystify what people believe is actually following Christ as opposed to traditions that have been inserted into um, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and and, uh, and and into the word, things that have been added on. We just want to kind of clear all of that stuff up as best we can. Yeah, I'm uh, Gary Wysong. I uh, started working with, uh, Walt came to where I work. Um, I've been down um, in my job for like 20 years. Um, then. Uh, saved for 10 of those uh, for, for probably the last 10 years. Um, and I was kind of stagnant, stagnant in my walk. Um, and one of the things that I was really seeking was somebody to come alongside of me to help, um, help kind of um, uh, be a friend in the body of Christ and, and help me grow spiritually. Um, and sure enough, you know, Walt, Walt came around um, a year ago, he got hired on with us and what a blessing it is to have him there every day, um, to do Bible study with, he's been a tremendous friend, 
Um, and as you'll find out, he's very knowledgeable in the word and, um, he's a, he's a great teacher. He's got that, he's got that gift. So, so me and Tyreek are, uh, kind of alike in that way where, where Walt, um, kind of stepped in and, and, and I know Walt would say, hold on, it's, that's God using me. So, um, I'll, I'll speak for him on that. That's just, that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, uh, uh, God, God uses him to, 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 to help others and, and, uh, and to help teach them. And, and, uh, of course the goal for me is just to be uh, vulnerable and, uh, and, and let people know where I struggle and where I have struggled and where I'm, uh, and where, where I'm growing and how to grow in that spiritual walk. And that's, that's kind of the goal is, um, is, is, is to help people and, and come alongside them, uh, in their, in their journey. Very good. Well, thank you for that, gentlemen. Uh, today, I would like to explore some daily practices, or uh, you can think of them as, as habits, that help keep your beliefs and values at the center of our identity. And maybe it would be helpful to find the terms just a little bit. For, uh, the way I establish daily practices would be a set of intentional habits. Um, I like to think about these habits in terms of practices because I believe that we become what we practice and repeat, despite what they say practice makes perfect. I don't, I don't believe that practice makes perfect. I believe that practice makes permanent, meaning the way that something is practiced is the way that it's going to be performed. And really, those daily practice will make up who and what we are. And so with that in mind, I think perhaps let's start at the beginning of your day. Uh, what are some morning practices that you engage in that set up your day to align with your beliefs and values? And and any number of you guys can answer. If you all want to answer uh, each of these or if you want to go in individual, that's fine as well. One of the, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'll speak for myself. Uh, prayer is a big one. Uh, to start your day um, going to the Lord and saying, Lord, here am I. Uh, what do you have for me today? Uh, what can you, what would you like me to do? I think placing yourself in a submissive state to the almighty before you even get your day started, sets your day up to know who you belong to, who's giving you orders and how you're getting strengthened then to go forward and do them. Uh, and so I start my day uh, with prayer and being in the word because if it is the bread of life. So I have to not only consume uh, physical nourishment, but I have to consume spiritual nourishment as well. So that's, that's how I start my morning. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, prayer, um, you know, uh, and then like I had alluded to me and Walt work together. So um, along with prayer, uh, you know, being in God's word, studying, um, conversing about, um, what God's God's word has to teach us for the day. Um, so along with prayer, being in his word, um, every day we have, um, a Bible study in the morning. That's how we start off our day at work. Um, and that keeps, um, that, that continually keeps God in the, in the, in the front of your mindset. So that way, when you go forward and you leave that table from Bible study, that's what's he's what's on your mind, not, you know, uh, the latest post from whoever or whatever. Um, <laughs> so and then I'll I'll uh, leave it to Tyreek. No, I, I would just I would just repeat more of the same. So I think you gentlemen did just fine, like definitely prayer in the, in the morning. Uh, you you want to 
you want to make sure that you have that heart posture. You know, the, the Bible tells us that I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustain me. We need to remember that the Lord is a, uh, the Lord is a sustainer. And the only reason why we are even drawing breath, waking up the next day, having that having that opportunity to live another day is because the Lord sustained us through the night. So mm-hmm. a, a, a state of gratitude, just just that thought of, you know, like Walter and Gary said, prayer in the morning to just say thank you for the gift of life. So many people wake up and they're miserable right away because they know they got to go to work, something that they may or may not want to do. Uh, all the responsibilities of yesterday that that have that that have gone by and the things that they didn't do yesterday and you know it's a lot of things that people burden themselves and bog themselves down with right in the beginning of the uh, as soon as they open their eyes they're already in the state of defeat they're already in the state of woe and the best thing to do to me is to remember that just being alive is a gift and praying and maybe maybe even singing a little song if you if you will or having a song in your heart when you wake up just to be grateful for for another day of life you didn't have to wake up so prayer for sure and if you're somebody who who's very heavy on worship and singing that 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 can all whatever whatever it takes you to do to be grateful when you get up i guess that's that's mostly what i want to just go with yeah, I, I like that all of you kind of alluded to it, and we're starting at the beginning of your day, but that you're, you, um, some of the phrasing you use is you bring it to the forefront of your mind, because I think that sometimes our beliefs and values are there, and we know them, and we, we can tell other people about them, but consciously, actively, and intentionally bringing them to the forefront of your mind, starting your day off that way, and reminding yourself of the things that you're gifted, the things that are important to you, and then, you know, and starting your day that way is, is huge, because like I said, we can go through life, and we know those things in the back of our mind, but we're purposefully taking that time at the beginning of the day, right at the beginning, to bring them to the forefront, to help them to influence the rest of our day as well. And, you know, I like that we're starting there with these habits and practices to help us to live the life the way that we we want to, you know, and to help us to encourage us along the way to remember our values and beliefs. So I guess, you know, and you guys kind of alluded to this, but do you have, it, besides uh, being in, spending time in prayer, do you have any other specific practices that help to set a positive tone? Because, you know, you talked about waking up and feeling those all those things that you have th- to, that burden you through your day um, that help to set a positive tone for your day. I Okay, so <clears throat> other than the spiritual aspect, I'll speak about something that helps me put my morning in order, and that is order. Uh, I'm a very organized person, and so I have things in certain areas to be effective in the morning. Uh, if, if my stuff is scattered about, my morning is not going to be as effective. And so I, I lean a lot more heavier on having organization and having structure in my morning. That's why I can plug in prayer, worship singing, and Bible, and then still move forward with the rest of my day. You know what I mean? So if my morning is organized and structured, then I've set the tone for the rest of my day as well. So I guess with that, uh, do you have specific areas in your home that you that you do different 
uh, different of those uh, of those different practices. Like you have like your table where you do your Bible study. You have your you know this this place where you do your your prayer at. Absolutely, it, I would I would allude it to almost like like um, different sections of the brain. Right, this little section is where you do your Bible study. And this little section over here is where you go for prayer. And this is where you put all your stuff that was in your pockets after you got in the house, right? You set them on this little tray and they're all there ready for you when you go to the next place. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I'm not going to speak for the other two, but for me, uh, having everything in the place where it goes and having it be organized um, is very helpful. That's interesting. That's a topic that we've talked about uh, several times is I have different areas in my house that I do my my study at, or I have a, a place where I do, you know, all not that my house is huge, but even in the small area that I have, I have different areas that I dedicate pretty much to those different things. And I know when I'm in this area, I get in the mindset to do this thing. And I'm when this area, I'm in the mindset to do that thing. And so having that area set aside for that one thing, uh, I think it's something, again, we've talked about before. I think that is really impor- important and, and impactful for especially how you start your day. I, I can I can come from a place um, of disorganization and and I see how important it is because I've got uh, three kids, two dogs and a wife. All right. <laughs> and so there's not too many places I can hide. Um, like in the wintertime, I, I have to do our podcast like. In my bathroom, like that's just like the only place. So so I don't have that. Um <laughs> Like, uh, like you guys do, but, uh, I do see the importance of it and I hope to get it here soon. We're actually finishing. I'm in the sunroom now and it's a beautiful weather out. So, um, you know, weather is not an issue today, but we are getting ready to finish this room and it's going to have heating and air. And so I hope to make this place that kind of sanctuary to where I can be separated from, you know, the chaos and be focused because it's very easy um, to be distracted when you have a complete house full, no doubt. Um, I'm gonna have to be right in the middle of these guys. Like, um, I understand <laughs> Walter has been very instrumental in helping me. Like I'm a very artistic type of guy. So I, I, I draw, I do, I do all of the, like, you know, I, I color, I do different things like that. That's, that's, that's a way, that's a distress method. That's not anything I do in the morning or anything like that, but Normally, art types are more messy, if that makes any sense. So this uh, my relationship with Walter has helped me to understand just, just as well as Gary um, from what he says, the, the importance of like having a place for this and having a place for that. I also move a lot. And as, as crazy as that sounds like I've been doing that my whole entire life. So I'm always trying to etch out a place for uh, to just to call this is where I'm going to do these activities. And then I'm going to cover down because I also, I have a wife, I have two daughters and um, I'm, I'm constantly, they, they require a lot for me. They, they actually, it seems like they can't live without me literally. So <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm always, I'm always pulled in all different kinds of directions, but wherever I go, I try to find that, that place where I can separate myself and have time with the Lord and uh and um and just really buckle down and do whatever it is that I need to do but uh we we did a podcast on our channel earlier than this and Gary had spoke of you know praying wherever you are sometimes sometimes you just have to 
do what you can where you can like it with 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 different people there's different personalities different ways of doing things not necessarily that one person is right and one person is wrong but it's how how does it work with your personality how does it work with your situation everybody has something going on different than others so in the christian faith there's always going to be something that's going to try to get in the way it's those that persevere to the end that's what the bible says so you always just want to make sure that whatever kind of scenario that you find yourself in, you make that time, you make that space, whatever, right. wherever, however. You don't want to be so rigid that if you can't get to this place, now you can't, now you're not going to pray or now you're not going to read the word just because you can't right. make it to this one spot. So, um, and I not, think that's where know, organization comes yeah. in. Because if you're organized and structured, you don't have to worry about things not being made time for because you've slotted them in to have time. You don't need to make time for it because you've already slotted time for it. Well, unless something comes up out of the blue and, and it's an unexpected thing and you, it's hard to plan for unexpected, but inevitably that happens. Or uh, you are doing some sort of type of, of, a, of a project and it takes longer than you think it's going to take because humans are uh, terrible at assuming how long something's going to take. I think it's called Parkinson's Law. Um, you assume something's going to take 10 minutes and it actually takes 45 minutes. And then you, you have to uh, adjust your planning for the rest of your day to offset that, that plane that had that fell apart earlier in the day. Yeah. But like, like what was saying with organization, I think was trying to drive that point home is when you already have those spaces or those routines or those things that you do, it's a lot easier to just do it. Cause you don't have to think at least personally, you know, if, if I'm not ready for it or I don't have the thing in place, it's harder for me to do it because I think, Oh, I have to, you know, I have to be in this mindset or I have to have this thing with me or I have to do this first to set that up. But when you just set that up and you organize it and you, and you get it ready, all you have to do is go and do it. And it's a lot, it leaves a lot less room for excuses, I think. Sure. And maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it does, it lets out no, it's a lot it, easier. You know, it's, it's there. You're creating, essentially you're creating muscle memory. Right. Because, yeah. because when you, it's like when you drive the same road every day, you can, you find yourself daydreaming and you're still driving, but you're not really focusing on the road because you've done it a hundred thousand times. So, you know, the light turns green and you know, all these things are happening, but your mind is really somewhere else. And that's kind of how a structure and organized day goes. You, you essentially crank it into autopilot and you're just, you're, you are effectively doing things. So no, I don't, I don't think you're putting words in my mind. I think you're spot on. Good. Yeah. Yeah. If I think, I, go ahead. Uh, I just want to add to it. And from a spiritual aspect. So the Bible, the Bible is clear. We're coming from a Christian perspective here that we ought to be praying without ceasing. Well, what does that mean? That means always be praying. Well, guess what? If you're always be praying, you're, you're not always going to have a quiet space to do so. So, I, as a man, right, um, I'm not to look at, I'm just giving you an example here. I'm not to look at women with lust, right? To do so is committing adultery in my heart. That's in God's word. So if I'm walking down a hallway and I see a very attractive woman and naturally I'm going to have um, maybe some lustful thoughts that I shouldn't be having, I can right then and there as I'm walking, as I'm going down the hallway, I can be in prayer, right? I can be speaking to the Lord and he's always there listening. So, and that's, and that's part, that's part of keeping him at the forefront of your mind because you see something that entices your flesh and 
you you know very quickly spiritually I, I i cannot be doing this and that's and that's and that's the key of keeping him at the forefront of everything we do um so that we can pray without ceasing so that we can follow through with that so i guess you know as you as you're going through your day how do you how do you ensure that your decisions throughout your day are aligned with your beliefs? Are, are there any specific strategies that you would use to uh, stay mindful of your choices, again, to align them with your with your beliefs and values? So uh, I'll go first on this one. Um, you know, the, the Bible is a manual for us as believers. When When we go to the Bible and we read it, we believe that what's in here is the truth not true because true it can change like right now we're on a podcast that's true and to whenever this is done i won't be on the podcast so it was true in that time but now it's not true later on in time but truth is always going to be what it is and there's no changing that or breaking that so as believers one of the things that we're supposed to do the bible tells us is to write this word on the tablet of our hearts and our hearts is our mind. Where we we're supposed to put scripture into our mind. Where we're supposed to go and read, understand what God wants from us, and then memorize that stuff so it's in our mind. So when we find ourselves in scenarios or whatever the case may be, we can refer back in our mind to what scripture says. Now that takes time. That takes that takes time to study takes time to figure out exactly what the word of God is saying because it is a Middle Eastern text. And um and a lot of times we put our Western mind on what we think the word is saying. That's why it's important to do word studies and and to dive deeper into it to make sure that we are understanding what the word is saying and not just what it says. Um, so just studying to show ourselves approved is what the Bible says memorizing it, meditating on it, and having it inside of our mind. So when we inevitably come up against whatever that thing is, or when it's time to act into a certain kind of scenario that we could go forward in it, knowing good and well that that's what the word says. So for example, the Bible says, um, I was hungry and you didn't, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. And then they were asking, when, when do we do these things? Well, the, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. So in that scripture, we understand that we show our love for Christ and we show our follow through for Christ by how we interact with others. If somebody is hurting or something like that, and we see it and we have the ability to do something, then we should. And we do that thing. And that love, that, that ability to stop what we have going on and see the value enough in another person to stop and help them with what they have going on that has nothing to do with us. Not only one, that shows the love of Christ to these people. They don't understand that because that is not the norm in the world. Everybody is doing whatever they want to do. Two, it's, it's a testament to us that we know what the word is saying and we are following through in it. And then three, if somebody is around and they actually they happen to see that, 
now maybe that will spur them to access, well, why would you do something like that? And then that's an opportunity for us to minister and witness to them. So it's it's always multifaceted when you follow the word of God and you go forth in that. There's there's so much opportunity for ministering when you do what the word says and you don't compromise. What you what you were saying, uh being about like it's essentially like middle of the day, right? Yeah. Like after your morning is after your morning is done. One of the couple things is like priorities, right? Your your priorities. What are your priorities starting to stack on? Are they starting to stack on things of the spirit? Or are they starting to stack on things of the flesh? And so what you're going to run into is some time management, right? Because if you're if you're overly time management, you won't make time for things that come up in the middle of the day that are heading towards the, the spirit, right? Because the flesh will always immediately make room for the flesh. It'll be it's the natural man. So you're going to do what the natural man wants to do. Um, one of the biggest things that I would encourage people to do in the middle of their day to kind of keep their faith at the forefront is don't let your guard down in the spiritual realm. It's it's in those moments where you are being lax. Essentially, you're getting caught up in, in something. Uh, that's where you get kind of struck, spiritually speaking. Uh, and so I, I would say middle of the day for me is making sure your priorities are in order. So after you've done your morning and you've organized and you've set yourself up for success, don't drop the ball once lunchtime comes around. So it's, to be consistent in your priorities is to be successful. So essentially to be aware of of uh, it, yes, of what's absolutely. going on and 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 find time to reestablish your values and and realign yourself or reassess and realign if necessary. Right. Tunnel vision does not is not always helpful. So to have a broad view and a broad scope of things is always a benefit to you when you're talking about the the larger section of your day. If you become tunnel vision, not only are you missing things, but you're also blindsided by things. So I'm just curious. Do you have any any acts of kindness or or service that you do in your daily routine? And if so, how do you um, how does that contribute to the, your expression of, of faith and value? Well, it's hard to answer that without boasting a little bit. <laughs> well, by all means, um, go for I, it. So, acts of kindness. So, I I think again, um, not not thinking you're so busy. So for instance, uh, somebody needs a dollar, right? Somebody's clearly uh, not as well off as you. And they say, you know, I, I had some money for lunch, but I don't know what I did with it. And so you being willing to uh, come off of your money to give to that person uh, and not holding so tightly um, to the things that God's already given you as a gift and to extend that gift to others. Uh, I think having your eyes open to things like that. Are you looking for opportunities to do kindness? Or are you avoiding them? Yeah. Okay. And I would imagine if you look, you will you will find. No doubt. You knock the door will be opened. Right. 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 Absolutely. Um, it, it, a lot of people today, because of the level of busyness, won't make time for that stuff. Or they their won't, schedule. They won't even look at it. They'll just look past it and not even, or they'll pretend, anyways, not to see it. Or there's the the syndrome that the next person will get them. Right, uh, you know, somebody else will get them, but it, it can't be me because I got to do this thing, and you know, this thing is more important than than this person that needs my help now. And and you you know, you started off talking about how you uh, didn't want to seem coming off as boastful by saying that, but the reason you're doing those things is because 
they line up with what you believe and what you value. And so doing that is part of what is important to you. And so really also approaching that is not a, Hey, I'm doing this because I'm such a good person. It's like, no, I'm doing this because it's the right thing. It's what I believe. And it's, it's who I am. So I think, you know, I, I appreciate where you're coming from at the same time. I think we're talking about doing those things to help reinforce who we are and what, what's important to us. That's why I was, very vague with my example, and I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't very specific. As Christians, as Christians, we're 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 to be always try to be as humble as you possibly can. That is key to your Christian walk, and um, so it's so it's you know it's it's always wise to be humble, and you never want to uh, glorify yourself because you always want to glorify God in those acts. You know, those acts of kindness is how we glorify God. Um, and I think that's where Walt's, Walt's coming from on that. Right. I think that, you know, having a, an opportunity throughout the day to express gratitude is a wonderful way to stay grounded and humble. Um, I'm just curious, do you guys have any, any practices that would help to stay humble or, or to, sorry, to help to, to express gratitude throughout your day as a way to be humble? Well, I, I'll speak for me. Um, a lot, a lot of the times, <laughs> a lot of the times when I first when I first meet people, they 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 look at me and they're like, "Oh no, this guy is going to be like a terror." You know, I guess I just have that kind of resting <laughs> face. <laughs> and um, you know, I'm very I'm very quick to have a conversation with anybody. I do, I do not mind. Um, being open, being honest. Uh, I'm genuinely me, unapologetically me. And, uh, and, and I try to show that personality and that love that I have for literally everybody. Like the second I meet you, I'm going to show you love because whether you deserve it or not, that's not for me to say. But I believe that we're all created in the image of God and to look on another person and see a God likeness in front of you and don't even offer them the greeting of the day. People in their phone in the elevator don't want to talk to each other. They're doing all of this kind of stuff. I believe the easiest form of gratitude is just acknowledging somebody is there. Hey, how are you? You know, what? How, how's everything going? You know, and like you just you just start up a conversation with them and genuinely be there, genuinely care what they have to say, listen intently. Exactly right. Um, it, it, I think I think that that's just an art form that's being systematically destroyed. Like people do not want to talk to one another. They want it. They want it. They right. are very focused. One, two, three. They have these things on their mind and they want to go do that. Or they just want to be left alone. They like whatever the case may be. This the simplest way to show gratitude is just to be present. And that that's how I feel. I don't know about others. So being able to kind of being able to shift off of autopilot and and be present with the people that right. are there with you. I want to double down on what he said as far as listening goes, because how can we ever have intentional acts of kindness if we're not listening to people? Like we can't uh we can't know the needs of others unless we listen to people and 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 hear their needs so we can meet their needs. Well, how about you? Do you have like a 
a, a journal that you do to, to express your gratitude or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, something that's always on the forefront of my mind is when I see somebody, you know, and you, and you think you're having a bad day, right? You think you've got it bad and you inevitably are placed in front of somebody that clearly has it worse. And some, a phrase that goes across my mind more often than not is by the grace of God, there go I. And, and to look upon somebody and to just immediately kind of be crushed. I think in that moment of brokenness, I can honestly be truly thankful because it's like, I'm complaining about something that's menial. And this person over here has real deal world problems that they're going through. And I'm, I'm elevating mine to a place that they don't need to be. So I guess, you know, kind of on the line of, of gratitude, do you guys have any, any self-reflection throughout the day? And uh, if so, how does that self-reflection contribute to your personal growth and again, align you with your values? I take a constant look at my life and I'm, I'm always, uh, looking around going, man, I, I just truly do not deserve what I have. And, and that, that, that certainly, uh, knowing, knowing that, that God has so richly blessed me and, and acknowledging that, um, helps me really stay in that state of humbleness because I know that what I have, I don't deserve and he could take it away at any moment. So just be thankful every day for what he provides. And then like, as Walt said, um, you know, you might be having that bad day, but you know, being able to, to recognize and see others in their state, um, you know, will also keep you, uh, in that place of humbleness. But yeah, me, I, me, I'm, con I constantly, like, I, I just know, I, I know that, 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 that I'm a sinner saved by the blood of Jesus. And I know that, that I do not deserve anything that I have. And, and, and I have to constantly tell myself, you know, um, to be, to be, to be intentionally thankful for that because I would be lost otherwise. We're, we're, we're in the flesh. We're in the flesh. So what, what I don't want anybody on here to think, you know, we're, we're having this conversation. I believe it's a great conversation and, and great points are being made. Great questions are being given. But uh, there, there's sometimes a tendency that people believe that Christians are perfect and we are not. We're far from perfect. And we understand that we understand that we need Jesus Christ, who is the who who has paid the the penalty for our sins and past, present and future. And we and we rely solely on him for salvation. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to sin. We, we have to we have to constantly be in a place of retrospect because I'm going to speak on me personally as as a believer. I, I get I, I'm hard on myself when when things when when I go through my day and I and I sin and I know it or I make a mistake or I wasn't like an opportunity was presented and I dropped the ball. I did I didn't I didn't capture that opportunity right then and there. And I, I wasn't I wasn't the best version of a believer that I could possibly be. I, I get on myself a lot, but I have to look at myself. First and foremost, I have to ask the Lord for forgiveness. 
then I got to ask the Lord to be with me, to, to not let me fall into that, that depressive state that I made that mistake. I have to look at my life and, you know, you get down on yourself, but then you need to look in your past and realize I was way worse than this before. I, I was not anywhere near where I was supposed to be back then. I'm not that way now, and I'm not where I want to be, but thank the Lord I'm not there anymore. And I think that that's very important for believers to do is just to remember and not to get down on yourself that bad. Make sure you can always look back over your life. That's what the Lord has given us, the ability to look back in retrospect and understand that I've been with you and you have been growing and maturing incrementally over time. You might not be where you want to be, but you're not where you were. And that's a place of gratitude that you can stay in as well. So, so on that, I got, I got two notes for you. Uh, have, I don't know if okay. you've heard of, of Zig Ziglar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Zig Ziglar name, says, uh, life is tough, but life is infinitely easier the tougher you are on yourself, which is essentially your uh, kind of default mode that you're in. And the other thing is, is you talked about being perfect. And, and I, we kind of started this with practicing and, you know, the quote unquote, they say practice makes perfect. And I, I didn't allude to this earlier, but perfect isn't something that I think humans can be. Perfect is a box that is high up on the shelf that nobody can, well, Jesus could reach. He was perfect, but we all fall short of him. And so we humans can do very little, if anything, perfect. So striving for perfect or assuming that somebody is perfect, that's wrong. That's the wrong mode of being. We can try to be better than we are. And I think we should strive and try to be better than continually, but perfect that's a that's a word that very likely should be taken. I think should should be taken out of of uh, people's vocabulary, especially little kids. Uh, but anyways, uh, perfect one. Jesus was perfect, and we can we can try to be like him. But as humans, we're we we will all fall short of that. Amen. Oh, being like indeed. Real quick, real quick. Being I like I like what you said. I actually wrote it down. You said uh, practice makes permanent, and. Um, you know, I, I've always been, not always, but when I came to that to that kind of statement practice makes, I landed on improvement. And I mean, I guess it really all depends on like, I guess your thought process and where you're where you're thinking about it. You know, you said practice makes permanent. If you do something and you do something like that, that that consistency over time is going to stay with you. So I understand what you mean permanent there and I, and I really like that. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be a practice make something else down the line as well. But <laughs> I, that, that's something that I definitely want to keep with me permanent. Yeah. Is, and, that, and see improvement or, or um, I, I'm, I've heard improvement. I've heard um, better or, or a couple other terms, but that's not necessarily the case. And, and so I, yeah, we we're teachers. We teach martial arts, and so in in doing so, I, I as my teaching role, I strive to ensure that people understand that practice doesn't make perfect. And in my in my talk that I do with the students, I'll ask them, "How many times have you written your name?" And it's oh, it's hundreds, thousands of times. And I say, "Can you write your name perfect?" Well, no. And okay, let me define perfect. Perfect is it is the exact same every single time you write it. Meaning, if you overlapped it on top of itself over and over again, it would line up exactly the same. Some of them probably would, but some letters maybe, but not every single time, right? And so, perfect is out. 
okay, well, then why do I say perfect or a permanent? Well, because if I practice writing my name, if you can go back and, and let's say you got amnesia and you have to rewrite, relearn how to write your name and you spell it incorrectly, well, you're going to do that 100,000 times and you're going to know it incorrectly, not better, not, not improved because it's wrong because you spelled it wrong. So unless you are working on improving the way you practice is going to be the way that, it, that the outcome is going to be. So if I practice something over and over and over again, but I practice it wrong, it's not going to be better. It's not going to be improved. It's going to be permanently, however I practice it, until I do the work to fix that. So perfect is, a, is way long off. Jesus was perfect. We can strive for that, but we will fall short. And understanding that I think is key so that we don't try to be something we're not. We can be improved if we work on improving. But if we just continue to do something over and over and over again and think, oh, I got this. It's, I've been practicing forever. I'm good at this. Well, yeah, sure. If you've been practicing it correctly and actually working on improving it, otherwise you you just you maybe can do it your way, but that isn't necessarily the quote unquote right way or the correct way or the improved way, insert whatever word you want there. So that's why I landed on practice makes permanent because it's going to be permanently however you have it until you decide to do something about it. Well, I think another part of that is something I say quite often is consistency is key. If you can't be consistent on anything, you'll never you'll never see results, whether that is working out, whether that is anything, doing a sport, reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, learning a language, whatever that is. If you start it and you stop after three weeks, you've done nothing. Right. And if it's you also can't those, be, it's those small little things over and over again that make people great. Like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is, is one of the best basketball players of all time, not because he can do whatever one time, but because he stood on that free throw line for hours and hours and hours and made that shot. Everybody else was tired. They went home, but he stayed there and continued making that shot from all the different places. But that's what separates uh, an individual from, uh, you know, standard individual from somebody who's great, they're willing to put the work in and do it over and over and over again, despite how boring it is. They're willing to do it because it's how, because of how boring it is, because they know what that will net them on the other end. Yeah. So it's not just doing those things over and over again, but it's doing those small things, the boring things, the meaningless things over and over again, because you know that they have a positive impact on your life and who you want to be. That's why I I truly believe inconsistency is a is a disease. It it, it only corrupts. It only um, sets goals and then breaks them down. And so, uh, somebody that's inconsistency becomes discouraged rapidly. Uh, they struggle with discouragement because it doesn't seem like anything they start they can ever finish. Anything they put their mind to they can't do it because they cannot continue on in it. Uh, and so they don't see results, so they get discouraged. And that's why we have so many uh, of that discouragement so often in people because they can't hold sit, whatever whatever the time period is six months a year set a time period and then just stick to it, and that's what I meaning about the priorities. If you don't have your priorities straight, success rate is going to be minimal. And and you know I I think Tyreek you you alerted, alluded to this earlier about digital people being on their phones all the time and you know I think in the world that we are in now digital distractions are everywhere, and so how do you how do you guys manage to practice mindfulness and ensure that technology technology doesn't overshadow your beliefs and values? Well, I mean, what you're putting, I mean, you know, number one, you know, you've got to have boundaries, limits set, you know, you know, having your priorities set as far as when I'm on these electronics and, and, and when I'm not. 
But even more importantly is what are you watching? What are you putting in? Um, because uh, that has a profound effect on your daily life. So what you're watching, is it, um, is it negative? Is it constant, constant feeding you um, negative news and things that would have you worried and concerned and drag you down? And, or is it positive uplifting things um, like our podcast? I feel are that way, right? You know, we're shameless plug. To, <laughs> you know, we try to have, you know, we try to have conversations to come alongside of people and help, you know, help them understand, um, you know, how to have that foundation in Christ. And um, so, so it's most certainly what are we doing on these electronics, right? Um, don't, 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 you know, filter out the poison and 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 get get the positives. Uh, coming at you, not not all the negative. Yeah, you, uh, what is it? You are what you eat, and that is you are whichever you, whatever you, uh, you know, you are who you hang with. All those things, everything in is going to be what is the the output for those things. Absolutely, it's definitely um, something to be mindful of. Is what's influencing your life? It's so easy because we're so short minded anymore. When you're scrolling, to consume a bit of poison in. 30 seconds, because that's all it is anymore, right? 30 seconds to a minute, somebody can spit some nonsense at you and bring your whole date, you know, you could bring you down from that. And so you have to be careful when you're just mindlessly scrolling. And that's, that's what eventually sucks us in, right? You're down, you're sitting down, you ain't have nothing to do. And you go to start scrolling. And in that moment, they have full access to your eyes. So you don't know what that next thing's going to be. You have no idea. There's no way for you to know what that algorithm is getting ready to push to you. And so the first one was funny. So it draws you in. You're like, oh, that's a I like that. that. That dopamine hit was nice. And so you go to the next one and it's something absolutely wild. And you're like, what the heck was that? And so you're, you're, you're chasing that next high. That's what all that stuff does. So that one was trash. Well, I need to go find another one. Well, the next one was trash. And, and okay, that, that fourth one was good. You have to be careful. And it's what I try to do is I just try to set it down and be still because I don't think a lot of us do that anymore. Just be still and ponder and meditate on, on whatever's been on your mind. Stop trying to numb it all the time with this and, and put in your mind just busy noise to push everything away because you just really don't want to think about it. You don't want to address the issues in your life, right? You just want sound and noise to drown it out so you don't have to think about it. And we deal with this in Christianity. We deal with the pagans deal with this too. So it's not just in Christianity, people trying to drown things out and become numb electronically. So you have to be very mindful of that. So. You know, I'm sure in your in your guys's life, the way you interact with other people really um, is is I'm sure different than most people interact with others. And so, I guess as you're interacting with others, how do you navigate perhaps having some challenging conversations while staying true to yourself? Can I have an example? Like, what what do you mean by? I know, I know what he means. It, I know what he, you're looking to, but I I want I okay. want to hear what you have to say. Gotcha. So let me let me hear an example from you. So uh, you know, as you are believers, I'm sure part of being a believer is is getting others to believe, and sometimes that is a challenging conversation because they have whatever preconceived notions about you before you even say anything to them because you're just some guy walking to them holding the Bible. And so they're already thinking whatever they're thinking. And so that already puts you at a perhaps a disadvantage on most people. 
So how do you have those conversations with people while being able to get what you need to say across in order to help that person uh, at least hear the word? All right. So, um, and, and, and being, I'm not, I'm not coming at you when I say this, you just, you just said something that's like a light trigger. So I, I just want to put that out because this, this happens with a lot of believers. Um, you had said, how do you get them to believe, you know? And that's, that's not our responsibility as believers. I, it's not my responsibility to try to make you believe in Jesus Christ. Like I did, the, the only you're right. I did, I did say that at the end, I did say to, at the very least, uh, have them listen to the word or, or experience the word. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got you for sure. But I mean, like, you know, that's the thing though. There's a lot of people out here that, that, that go out and try to get people to believe in Jesus Christ. And and then they end up ultimately being discouraged because people are like, oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. And now they think the problem is with them. But as believers, we're just called to proclaim the word of God. We're called to tell people about it. So in, in your question, when when I'm having a con- I had a conversation, I'm gonna give an example. I was uh I was in Indiana at the time. I was going to Lincoln Tech and I was talking to a small group about my faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, they were asking me questions, very, very receptive, very open to hear what I had to say. Nobody had any kind of uh, objections or anything like that. But then this one guy, we ended up, we ended up having this kind of weird relationship where we were combative, but we were still friendly at the same. It was super weird, but (laughs) He he came over and he was just trying to crush the conversations, like, oh, that's just stories and stuff like that. And and um the the main thing with me was to stay calm. A lot of times when people challenge your faith and and what you believe, you 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 tend to get angry, you tend to get upset. Like, look, if you like if you don't want to believe, then you just don't believe, then that's your business, you know, and stuff like that. And and you want to get angry sometimes because you know it's the truth what you're telling them, but they're just they just can't hear it. Well, with him, I sat down and I had the conversation with them. Yeah, and, and again, we're reverting back to being able to listen. Because a lot of people, once they, once somebody tells, I've I've had conversations with people who do witchcraft. I've had conversations with people who are racist. I've had conversations with people that uh, that you know that they don't have any, they don't see any problem with playing uh, magic, the Gathering, and all kinds of stuff like that. And we, I've had conversations with people. It's not a sin to talk to somebody about what they have going on. But my thing is, is when I have the conversation with them, I hear their point of view out. There's not when you have the truth inside of you, you can have those conversations. You can have those kind of conversations. But most people that uh, believe opposite of how we believe or they don't believe at all, they they want to be loud and they want to crush that conversation. The main thing to do is to just stay calm and it's better to ask questions instead of trying to beat them down with scripture. A lot of people just come in with the Bible and they're swinging away at non-believers and they're doing all of this crazy stuff like that. And it's really the effect that they're having is a repelling effect instead of a instead of a opportunity to have an open conversation and a back and forth you should ask more questions than you say 
So people are like, oh, I don't believe in God. Oh, why is that? And then they say whatever they say. More questions, more questions, more questions. The more questions they have, one, you're in control of the conversation, whether most people believe it or not. The more questions you ask, the more the the you put the pressure on them to defend what they have to say, as opposed to you having to defend what you have to say, which you were well-equipped to do most of the times, but you're trying to understand their point of view. And because you give them that respect to understand their point of view, when you re- when you finally do rebuttal and you say what you have to say, they're way more interested and way more engaged because you have given them the respect of hearing what they have to say. And then you come to them with, this is why I believe this way, or this is what the Bible says, and or this, this, and that's how that happens. But it's just like, well, let's talk about how this train of thought that you have, how is this, how's that been working out for you so far? Like when you do this kind of thing, what do you, what do you feel like you are receiving in return from your action in that way? Because every action has an opposite equal reaction. You're going to get something back from whatever you do in any, in any action that you take, there's a reaction. So how how does that work out for you when you do that? You know, it's, it's so important to always ask questions. We have two ears and one mouth. It's better to listen than to talk. So that's how I feel about it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Is, is you even said that when you ask questions, you are in control of the conversations. You get to to say and actually dictate where the conversation goes next based on those questions that you ask. So being really specific and direct with those conversa- with those with those questions will drive the conversation hopefully where you would like it to be at. And shameless plug, I don't know anybody better than that than Walter. Like that I, I haven't met anybody that can drive a conversation with questions and get them to go where he's trying to go. I, I don't know anybody better than that. Like to to this day I haven't met anybody like that. And I meet a lot of people. So like <laughs> I'll let him go now, like off of that little plug. <laughs> Gary, did you want to speak on it? Uh so so the original question. Can you repeat it? Yeah. So, you know, you guys have a, a lot of interactions with with other people. How do you navigate those challenging conversations while staying true to yourself? Okay, so number one, always speaking truth, number one. If we believe what we believe, we say we believe what we believe, well, we always got to be speaking truth. That's number one. Um, But so recently, uh, our church was at the county fair, and every year we go there and we hand out tracts and we try to engage people in conversation. So this is pretty fresh for me. And so how I do it is exactly what you just alluded to. I always start out with a question. I have the tracks in my hand and I say, Hey, can I, can I pass this off to you to consider? And if they stop and you know, they're looking at it, then I can engage in that conversation. If they just keep on walking, but grab it, well, great. They got it. And they just, they're not interested in having a conversation. Let that one go. Um, you know, hopefully they'll get something out of the track. Um, so, so when I do get somebody, I simply ask them questions and I do ask them, I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll say, Hey, um, if you were to die today, would you be 50, 75 or hundred percent sure that you're going to heaven? Or do you even believe in heaven? And a lot of times they'll say, um, you know, I'm a hundred percent 
And I'll say, oh, okay, that's great. Can you give me a Bob a reason why? Because anybody can say they're 100% sure they're going to heaven, but can they, do they know why they're going to heaven? I mean, can they give you that truth that you're trying to get to? So questions are certainly the key. And then if they would say, well, I'm 50% sure or I'm 70% sure, well, let me show you how you can be 100% sure. So uh, honestly, I mean, you guys nailed it. It's it's all about the questions, no doubt, because that's where you really get, because you've got to learn, you've got to learn something about them to be able to help them get the knowledge that you're trying to give them. You can't just go straight to, hey, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, this is what I believe. So do you believe? Well, I mean, you got to you got to get their mind thinking and you've got to learn something about them. So that's where I would come from on it. I I've come from a different avenue. Both of them said to control it with a question. And I used to work door to door sales. And that's that's what they teach you. Control the conversation with asking a question. Don't let them control it on you because you're trying to sell them something. Um, I would I would say one of the things when I'm speaking to somebody about my faith is I'm offering them something that they don't have. They don't have this. And a lot of times Christ says, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And so when I talk to somebody, I said, you know, what if I could offer you a new way of life? What if I could offer you a new way of thinking about things, of looking at things, of hearing things, of reacting to things? What if I told you there's a new way to go about your day in and day out life? You know, most people today are pretty downtrodden with life. I mean, life sucks and this is terrible. You know, you're offering them something more. And the other part of it is you have to care. So often I hear this phrase and it bothers me, this, I don't care. As believers, we ought to care. We ought to care that our neighbors are, are, are being damned for eternity. We ought to care that we know people that don't know Jesus and we're the only Christ that they're going to see. And so it's our obligation to at least engage them on some level to find out if they're even remotely uh, uh, considered their eternity. The soul lives forever. The body will die. There was a time where you were not. There never will be a time where you will not be. Can I add something to to this? Um, Being vulnerable with your sin, being open, Mm -hmm. being honest. Because when you're going out and you're trying to reach people for the cause of Christ, knowing that you have to get them in that mindset of of understanding that they're a sinner, people aren't going to want to hear you just going up and pointing out their sin. Share yourself with them. Share yourself. Be open about your struggles so that so that they are comfortable and understand that you're that you're not coming from a place of. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out. Um, uh, self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, but a place of being humble. And that kind of goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, coming from it, always trying to be humble. So so when you're trying to reach people for the cause of Christ and bringing them uh, to the understanding of, 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 of what we believe is, is we have to first know that we're sinners. We have to recognize it. And so sharing that with others and being willing to be vulnerable and open in that is key. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we meant it in this way either, but as we started this question and got into this conversation, it really is almost the culmination of everything we've we've talked about so far in the sense that you're starting your day off right, 
you know, connecting to what you believe and, and what's important to you. You're reminding yourself throughout the day of those things. You're treating people based on what you believe and how you believe should, you should treat them. And, and you're going throughout your day with all this in the forefront in your mind. And when you enter these conversations with people that maybe are, are uh, as you said, self-righteous or they're coming off with a chip on their shoulder or whatnot, going into there, having that solid foundation of, of everything that we previously covered, I think is very helpful because you don't want to walk into that not being sure of what you believe, not being sure of what you what you know or what, what's important to you. And, and I don't want to say having the answer to all the questions, but when you go into it prepared and you go into it with this solid foundation of all these things that we've talked about, it definitely helps navigating those conversations, stops you from losing your cool or, or answering a question that you, you or answering a question in a way that you don't actually think is true because you are so connected and, and, and you're in touch with what you believe and what's important to you and what you value. And it really helps you through that, I think. So it's just, it's cool to hear you guys talk about that. And as you're talking, we're, we're touching back on everything we've said and it's all coming together. You know, I had a cool moment with that and it's, it's, sometimes easier said than done and well more often than not easier said than done I think but it's definitely worth it if that's you know really important to you and really what you what you what you value I think well people are gonna people are gonna be much more willing to listen to you when you come from a place of humbleness and you're and and, and they understand that you're not because if you if if you come with a humble heart and you're not sitting up on a high horse somewhere with your self-righteous attitude saying shaking your finger at them they're going to be way more willing to receive what you have to say because it's coming from a place of caring. Then they can see, oh, oh, well, this guy really does care. Look, look, he's he's willing to, you know, speak on speak on his shortcomings. He's 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 willing to speak on 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 where he fails. So so it's not just me that, you know, he's that he's, you know, going after, but it's himself. And, and he's going to now help me realize how he finds peace and where his peace comes. So, so I guess as we're journeying through your day, and I know we're, we're starting to connect the dots a little bit, but as we, as you guys go through your day, do you have any, any specific wind down practices that, that, you know, you know, perhaps that would maintain a sense of connection to your beliefs and values or kind of end of the day rituals that help you find peace and purpose from the day that you just had in order to set you up for success for tomorrow. I think the phrase circle back is what's going to, what's going to kind of encompass mine. However, I started the day is most likely how I'm going to end the day. So it's going to, it's going to be holistic. It's going to be a full circle. Um, that way it's, it's a, um, it fills me up and then it winds me down as well. It's, it's multifaceted. It's not a one trick thing where this thing is like coffee and it only gets you juiced. It's a, this thing is preparing me for the day. And then it's also preparing me uh, for sleep. Now there's most of us here would probably say, you know, after I read my Bible and I pray before I go to bed, I'm going to lay down and do something on my phone to kind of drift off to sleep. Uh, I'm guilty of that. No doubt uh, of, of watching a, a video that I'm interested in or, uh, or something, but I, I do find that I lay down before I'm actually tired. So I don't wait until I'm dead on my feet to then go day lay down. Like I lay down as a time to kind of let my body prepare itself for sleep. 
So I'll be I'll be fully transparent and say there's something that I should do more often. And this is and this is where I I, I come from my vulnerable state here is that what I need to be doing and that what I don't always do is as a father, I need to be everything we've talked about. I need to bring it home and 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 end it with my wife and my children. I need to be reading with them. I need to be praying with them. I get up very early in the morning and I'm gone before they even wake up. Right. So um, all these, uh, you know, different steps that we take to to stay spiritually minded, keep God at the forefront of mind. I have to now at the end of the day. instill that in my children and my wife. Otherwise, I'm failing. And I know that when I don't do that, I don't have peace. I don't have rest. But when I do that. And I'm in obedience to God in that way, being the husband and the father that I'm supposed to be. Then it certainly it certainly brings it all home and it it, it gives me the, the the peace and the happiness that comes with 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 that relationship, not only with just me. And the almighty, but now I'm bringing my family into that fold and, and teaching them as well. Yeah. For, yeah. And that's a big part, especially if you can, if you can play that part, not only just out with people, but with the ones closest to you, which is oftentimes the, the most, even more challenging than sharing that with people you don't know, but being vulnerable and, and having that, those tough conversations with those loved ones that you have and being that same person that you are outside of your home as you are inside of your home. Yep. 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 I'm going to have to go ahead and double down on what Gary said. That's exactly where I was going. So I'm so glad you said that. Um, As a believer, our first ministry is our home. And it's like, you know, we have to make sure that our house is in order. If we can't, if we can't have a, you know, a functioning body inside of our own home, we really don't have the equipment needed to be going out and talking to anybody else. Like it's, 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 hypocritical when your household is out of order and you're trying to teach other people about godly order and principles and different things like that. Yeah. Gary, like that was just spot on. So, um, that's, that's where I am. You know, I, I've also been trying to implement that. I've uh, been talking to my brother Walter and I've been like, Hey man, you know, when I, when I come home, I need to kind of lock it in. I, you know, I have this time that I spend with my daughter, she's three and I try to spend as much time with her and we pray together. I pray with her and um, I put her down myself and I pray over her before she, before I close the door and lay her down for sleep. And then my youngest, I pray and read the word with her and my wife at the same time because she still she still gets uh, fed incrementally through the night and stuff like that. And then once once I'm done with them, then I come to this part of my house and I have that time to really like sit down and get into the word and do word studies and make sure I understand what I'm reading and make sure I get the full understanding, even some commentary that's inside of the Bible that I have and like read that and and see if anything is crossing over in that way. And then have that time to pray again. Like Walter said, the way I started my day, I want to end it the same way. Um, 
it's just it's just so pertinent to make sure that uh that that your that your home life reflects what you are out in public or it's just it's just hypocritical and it's a waste of time like that the bible says uh that uh if you don't if you don't do for your family you're worse than an infidel so it's 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 very deep and love cover a multitude of sins so when you're and this is just to go back a little bit lightly to your other uh to your other question that you had asked and I didn't say anything at the time I apologize but that that love to love people regardless you don't need to know their background you don't need to know their story you don't need to know why they're angry or anything like that love them the bible says in the last days the love of most will go cold the fact that you are just coming to people with genuine care and love and speaking to them is just enough. That is, that is enough. That puts you so much higher than other people that have these kind of interactions day after day that are just transactional or non-existent. There's, there's, I'm only talking to you because I need this thing. No, I'm talking to you because I want to know about you. And I want you to know about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And if you allow me to share with you, I will. I'll stop what I'm doing. So it's the same. If you'll do that with somebody out in the public, even more so, you need to be able to do that with the own people and your family. You know, I can, you can't you can't have a hard day at work and then come home. But like, I just ain't got it for you. That's not the answer. You, you pray. You pray for energy. You pray for strength. You know. You you pray even then, like Gary said earlier. You pray without ceasing. Lord, I don't have the energy or the patience, or I don't want to do this thing, but I need you to give me the energy because this is important. This is something that you told me to do, and I need you to give me the energy to do it. And God's going to answer His word. Does not come back void. So, Gary knocked it out the park. Walter also. Like, you know, the way you start your day is the way you end it. And you got it. Your, your first ministry is your home. So you talk about going full circle, Tyreek. You talk about going full or um, um, well, this this, uh, this thing at home or the house in order. You said you got to have your house in order. And 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 you want to talk about going full circle. I was I was already my mind was already. I was, I was wanting, I was wanting to double down so hard on what you said. Um, but if you don't have your house in order, guess what it's going to affect the following day. So, so when you guys ask the question, what do you guys, uh, you know, like to do at night to kind of wind down? Well, if like Tyreek said, if your house is not in order, if you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing as a husband, guess what it's going to affect. It's going to affect that next day and how you are as a whole. And then things can snowball. And then that's where we make, you know, bad decisions because because we know that we haven't taken care of what we need to take care of at home and it affects the next day. So um, I think I love that, you know, keeping your house in order is, is so key. And that's typically what we do in the evening because, you know, we work during the day and, you know, so that's a great point. Tyreek. I'm, I'm just curious with the way you phrase that. Uh, have you guys heard of Jordan Peterson? Yes. Okay. So one of Jordan Peterson's rules is set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world, which is, uh, again, the way you phrase that, just it, it, I was able to cue in on that. So, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I, I thank you for such a, such a wonderful conversation. I truly uh, learned a lot. Um, Do you, do you, Mr. Ken, do you have anything to to add 
to what we just discussed so far? No, sir. No, like you said, I, I, you know, we're talking about your families, and I know it's a, a evening time of recording here. You could be spending time with them, and later for some of us, and you have responsibilities and things you could be doing. So we appreciate your time here with us and being able to sit down and learn from you. It definitely was a great experience, and I, you know, again, I appreciate it. Yeah, I get yeah, learned a lot. Um, you know, where where could our listeners go to find more about you and and your podcast, Black and White Christianity? So, Black and White Christianity is on YouTube, and it's also on all the audio platforms: Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, all, all of the all of the main ones. So, you can find us on all of those. Well, again, thank you for for uh, spending the time with us and, and to to go through these questions and and to teach us through those. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you. us. Yes, we sir. very much appreciate uh, the opportunity, and we'll be glad to uh, uh, do it again sometime. Very good. Very good. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take initiative. <laughs>